You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Welcome to the Limhanger Turkey Hunt Podcast, brought to you by Grounded Brand and their new Impact 2.0 Turkey Vest. Get grounded at groundedbrand.com. The Limhanger Turkey Hunt Podcast strives to bring opinions and discussions from all aspects of the turkey hunting community. From legendary turkey hunters who hunted in military fatigues, to the modern day hunters embracing technology while maintaining traditions passed along for generations. All are welcome at this roundtable conversation about one of the wariest creatures in North America, the wild turkey. Now stick around. It's going to be a great show. Well, we got Jeremy Aaron and Daniel Lemon from the Do It Yourself Hunter channel. Uh, welcome to the Limb Hanger Turkey Hunting Podcast. We're glad to have you guys here. Be here. Yeah, that's right. Honored to be here. Y'all have um, really, like, I, I love you guys. I love the stuff that y'all put out and watching your videos um, because you're southern as southern gets right like yeah y'all and you ain't trying to hide it there's there's no one trying to hide the fact that you guys are from the dirty south um but your your videos man they they're so engaging um y'all always take a take a moment to teach um and to explain why you know why if it's turkey or deer um why did this happen this way or why do i think this happened this way you guys have done a really good job of that well like i said we both love turkey hunting oh uh, you know you know i grew up when there wasn't many turkeys here you know daniel daniel's life and y'all's you have pretty much had turkeys oh uh, yeah so but like i said when you get my age you like passing you know the old story goes when the when you die, the library goes away. I can't take it with me. So, you know, well, look at it. I've had a lot of mentors in business and life that I, I learned. And, you know, when they passed away, like, man, all, what all they knew went with them. So, you know, that's why I look at it. And I love sharing. I, you know, when you get to an age, it's like if you're all taking your kids hunt, you get just as much out of taking a kid or your wife or somebody like that hunting as, as, as you shooting an animal. So that's why I look at it on the sharing. Well, you know, I'm hoping somebody gets something out of it. Yeah. Man, you guys have you know, I, crushed it. You know, I, I look at a lot of the YouTube channels now. They got an ego that they want to film their self hunting. Yeah. They got to look at, man, look how many other folks has got a camera doing the same thing. You got to be different. You got to, you got to stand out. You know, no guy used to do my, he, he's older than me. I, he might not let me call him an old guy uh, doing my editing. He said, when I went to Ole Miss, they taught me one thing in marketing and, and advertising. What's in it for the viewer? Yeah. Always remember what's in it for the viewer, because they're the one that's going to watch it make it grow. So I always look at that. You know, every time I try doing a show, I, I try having a theme. What's, you know, and a lot of times it's got to play out. You never know, but it gives you ideas thinking that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys that have come on the scene here in the last handful of years, especially that COVID year when everybody was out hunting. I think there's a lot of YouTube channels that popped up that year, and it was just guys that. uh took a camera or started filming with her phone or whatever and just started that year i'm kind of curious to see how many of those actually stuck around till now if they're still running in 2023 but the main thing that i saw with a lot of those guys was that there wasn't much that set them apart from each other from the average guy you, yeah you guys have you guys have done a pretty great job of setting yourselves apart you you're all hunting content creators but you do a little something different. So it makes me, it gives me well, a reason one, to watch DIY. It gives me a reason to watch Southern ground. Well, one, thing, and, one, thing I told, one thing I told Daniel that would stand us out from everybody else is being able to travel. 
Uh, a lot of folks love to do it. They don't have the time and the money. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I knew after I retired and I had the time to go do this and had a little money to do it. That's what I told him. I like, we got a window here to get this thing going. And you know, we knew what we had to have. Because anybody I want to do this show, them hunts are hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> hunting is not as hard as a deer hunt, but a deer to get a quality deer on public land in another state, you know, they're, they're not easy. And you're not going to that. And that's, you know, a lot of guys say, man, all these old big TV shows, uh, all they have is guided hunts and, and stuff like that. They don't understand. I've seen that side of it before. Cause like in 2003, we had that show. And so you got to have 13 shows to make an episode. Yeah. They're not going and traveling one year and getting 13 different shows. It's a lot easier to go on a guided hunt where they already got it all set up. You know, they've got to get them shows. Yeah. You know, I knew after the first show and we'd done it. Like, and we had three or four guys that I had that was helping me. I knew then, like, man, you can't do this every year. Trying to do it full time on public land, you can't do it. Because it's you don't have enough time and it don't happen that much. So like I said, I told him this year, I like, let's bust it in November and see what we can do. If we can do good in November, we're going to do something. We're going to get out there with our content and try to build subscribers. And we had a good November. You know, we had a good November and our show's done good. And I like, let's try it. That's why I said we got in the turkey show and we're going to do several other, the mobile hunter show. We're going to be in it, that in Chattanooga. Oh, so That'd like I said, we love, to, we love to travel. And, you know, and I love to encourage people to hate to film their hunts because y'all, even they don't make it big on YouTube. You go back and watch that stuff 20. I've got some footage 25 years ago. You know, my kids are, you know, Jana's 28 now. I can show her when she killed her first deer when she's six years old. That's and great. they love to watch, they love to so watch cool. me come home. they like, I can't believe I like that. I can't believe I acted like that. You know, it's <laughs> precious, you know. So I, you know, I encourage everybody, go film your kids. Man, especially your first hunt and stuff. That, that is, it don't matter if you show it to the rest of the world or not, but it'll be precious to you one day. It'll Man, be precious to them. I was 20... I don't know, 24 or so years old whenever I started filming myself and I go back and watch those videos. I'm like, did I really act like that? Did I really say that? Oh, my wife, I can get her in front of the camera. She like, I don't look like it. And I'm like, camera don't lie. <laughs> I don't talk like it. <laughs> so it is fun. It is fun to, you know, I encourage everybody to do it. And I'm not going to sit here and say, you're going to make a fortune on YouTube doing it. Oh, uh, but you know, the memories are precious, you know, <laughs> and Daniel, we got look at some of his, you know, we going through, put some quick loops together for the show up here. We're going to have some. I think we lost him. Did we lose him? It seems like it, we did. It's a great screenshot, though. <laughs> yeah. That'll be okay. It's been pretty natural so far. Um, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should... Kick him out and text him and get him to join back? Yeah, don't report... <laughs> Y'all want to do the little thing uh, where if you want to talk, like if you have a question or whatever, just do that. So that way, no, it, yeah. none of us, none of us uh, interrupt each other. I think that yeah, would be a, a good thing to try. And I'm sorry, Joey. He just kept. Come he sounded so good. I was like, I just got to hit record. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to even do it. You gotta calm down now. Let's have Daniel have some space here. I don't need no space. I like listening to it. When you're getting wound up. I was just telling Joey. I was like, "Hey, sorry, man. I didn't uh, didn't introduce you guys. He just started talking, and it was good. So I just hit record." <laughs> Can't interrupt Art. Well, now. <laughs> Now that we've got a good hard break and I'm going to have to edit it together anyways, uh, Daniel and Jeremy, this is Joey over here, uh, the guy that just hopped in. Hey, um, good to meet you. 
They be here. They be and, and I'm I, I don't know if I said anything to y'all earlier. I'm Matthew Reeves. I'm Southern Ground too. Okay. It was kind of it was kind of same thing uh, on the deer episode too. I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna start recording because yeah. this is good stuff. So it <laughs> happens. It happens all the time, man. Where uh, I will not do that. Like I'm like, okay, we got to have a good make sure, and we get talking about really good conversation, and I'm just like, man, crap. I should have recorded it. So I just started recording now. Like, I'm just going to keep it recording the whole time, just in case. But we do have a good, hard, clean, hard break right there that we can, uh, that I'll be able to edit. So um, I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were supposed to talk about turkeys. What was you on? (laughs) I was on turkeys. No, you wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Now, I have watched more of y'all's deer content than y'all's turkey stuff, and I was just kind of thumbing through thumbnails on the YouTube channel and just looking. And I know y'all's big thing is is travel, um, is to hit these different states. Um, do y'all care what bird you're chasing, whether it's a Rio, Miriam, Eastern, Osceola, or do y'all just go wherever y'all want to and kind of just have fun with it? Where the Lord leads. I like chatting. Oh, really? Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to say I've ever been picky as like a certain species of turkeys. Because, uh, man, I love chasing turkeys, and I've I've never really found a turkey. No doubt for me, deer is my – that's my thing. Turkeys is just a good – man, it's a good break. It's good relax, and you don't have to push. You don't have to – you don't have to worry as much about as much stuff on a turkey as you do a deer. You know, deer, you got to watch the scent here, and you got to be able to play all that stuff. A turkey, you, if a turkey could smell, you would never kill it. So, Daniel, you know, I want to I want to interrupt because I'm I'm really surprised actually because I've watched your reaction when you kill a deer versus your reaction when you kill a turkey, um, <laughs> and your turkey reactions do seem a little more expressive. More excited? Yeah. Really? You get pretty fired up about a dang turkey. I, I mean, I do, but uh, there's no deer to hunt at that time either. So, oh, I mean, man. I got I to gotta put my excitement you just, in. You just hurt a lot of people's heart. <laughs> I know I jo- mean, Joey's, Joey's done. Yeah. I had high hopes for you boys. Y'all can't be letting me down already. Well, I mean, that's, you know, everybody's got what they love. That's right. And I mean, if I had to choose something, it's going to be deer. But man, deer turkey season, I want a turkey hunt. Well, like I said, they're not the same time of year. Yeah. And that's the same way with elk hunting. Yeah. You know, some of you guys won't go with September the best. But you, you want to say about the four species, that's never been something that I wanted to kill all four. You know, I come up with a four minute turkey challenge a couple of years ago. Hey, go to four different states and kill a turkey. You're killing four turkeys. You know, yeah. that's a poor man mm-hmm. challenge. And that, that's, kidding. <laughs> that's a challenge. Kill four turkeys yep. in four different states and see if you can do that. Yeah, because you can go your next state over a lot of times, especially here in the south. So, you know, a lot of folks say, "Man, you want to kill that hostel?" I look at Florida for vacation, not beaches, not turkeys. Yeah, <laughs> I just I've always looked at them. Well, I think uh, I think that's the difference between turkeys and deer, and we talked about it. I think in that initial teaser podcast about especially Miriam's and uh, about a Miriam's turkey doesn't live in a bad looking place. Every Miriam's turkey that I've seen lives in a gorgeous place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that could be said for just about every species or subspecies of turkey. What, uh, you know, turkey is a turkey. We know that. But yeah. we travel because we want to see those places. I think more so than anything, we want to chase turkeys in those places. Yeah. And it just allows us, it gives us, I don't want to say it gives us an excuse, but we see the country in a way that we wouldn't see it otherwise if we weren't turkey hunting and we see some beautiful spots because of it okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. okay like i said i just put a video out about turkey hunting and scouting deer <clears throat> you know i do a lot of that is it's is wanting to go to a new place i'm doing both you know i'm looking for turkey sign but i'm looking for deer sign too because early spring before things green up is a super good time to scout for deer sign yep but it's fun to go turkey in there too. Uh, you know, you know, I guess that's what I want to encourage some guys to, Hey, if you want to get out of state, man, turkey season is a good time to get out and do it. And, and, and like I said, see the country, see different people. 
Yeah. Oh, scout for deer? Oh, <clears throat> may give you some ideas for something. Oh, yeah. And that, <coughs> I'm sorry. And that's like, you know, turkey hunting. That time of year, you're not really worried about going in and, and, and busting deer out of a place. Like when you're scouting, you know, you're going in, you're you're after that turkey and you get in there and say you say you get him or, you know, maybe he just quits gobbling, whatever, and you're sitting there looking around and you're like, man, this might be a place to deer hunt right here. <laughs> so it, it, it's definitely a, a way to scout for sure. But, you know, it is something to hear them turkeys hear them turkeys early in the morning gobbling now before daylight. That is something to hear. <laughs> now, I... I, uh, there, there's this, there's this, we've talked a little bit in previous podcast episodes that we've recorded for the Limb Hanger podcast, uh, about a definite, um, culture difference or factions within the turkey hunting world. Uh, and there's the guys like Joey who are like, you know, like round about November, they're like, eh, I'm ready for spring. You know, they're just kind of like, whatever. I you personally, mean, you mean June. <laughs> yeah, June. Yeah, yeah. And pretty much as soon as turkey season's over. Um, but man, like, the, I I really enjoy, like, I don't think, I feel bad. I feel bad for you, Joey. That's what I'm trying to say. I feel bad <laughs> that you can't have the joy of going in and killing a big buck in a spot that you found during turkey season. Even though I just love turkey season. I'm turkey hunting when I'm in there. But man, it's pretty cool yeah. when you can when you can kill a big buck in a spot that you found during turkey season. That's it's happened to me actually a couple times. Um, so I just don't I don't know, man. I don't know that you should have that a guy should have to choose which one they love more. You know what I mean? Well, they're they're different times of year, so you don't have to exactly. You know, yeah. I like your yeah. thinking, Jeremy. Yeah. Well, yeah. my my reasoning years ago was that I and I did choose. I chose it myself. <laughs> I will admit that. Uh, I don't know. It was something. It was almost something like back, like in the early two thousands, especially here in Tennessee. And I've said it before. Tennessee wasn't a blue chip state, turkey hunting state like Alabama or Mississippi. So we didn't have many, many guys that turkey hunted. And so when I picked up the mantle of turkey hunter in amongst all my other friends in high school and, you know, in my early years of college, I was the turkey hunting guy in amongst all the deer hunters. It just like set me apart. Uh, and it was, um, I just, I guess I just didn't want to be like everybody else all the time. It got boring to me. So turkey hunting just kind of like set me apart and I just ran with it. And I ain't been right since. <laughs> <laughs> and Joey, I, I, I guess we said something earlier about the COVID year with people that, you know, a lot more people were introduced to turkey hunting in the COVID year than ever before. That became like the cool thing to do was to go turkey hunting. You know, years before, everybody wanted to go deer hunting and do this. But in the COVID year, everybody said, hey, it's time to, get, you know, let's go turkey hunting because that's right when I think, you know, March, February was right when mm -hmm. all the businesses started shutting down. And that just, everybody <laughs> got into it. How many, I wonder how many people are going to stick with turkey hunting after getting their butt kicked by these birds, because <laughs> I've, I've questioned, you know, a, a lot of things in the turkey woods, you know, whether a bird just shuts up and disappears or I just can't figure them out. You get mad and how many grown men can actually take that and do it year after year. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Cause I know there was a, there was a big increase in duck hunters when duck dynasty and all that came in, yeah, you know, that's right. everybody got into that. So I kind of think that's happening with Turkey seat with turkeys. And, but we, we want more people to hunt and we want more people to enjoy what we do. I've introduced a couple of my buddies to it that made fun of me for mission fishing tournaments to go turkey hunting. Now they're planning their fishing season around Turkey season. And it's just neat that I don't know. I think turkey season can also bring a different kind of uh, group of guys together, whether, you know, deer hunting, it's like, okay, let's go sit in the blind and we're going to text each other. You know, you know, that that's kind of the, it, unless you're like hardcore public guys like, like us. But I think with turkeys, once guys get into it, there's, there's so much more stuff you can do. And it makes it so much more fun with communication 
what this bird did. They're going to do something different every day. It's and that's what's just, just so, so yeah, so fun about turkeys. Mm-hmm. And you can just cut up with everybody. <clears throat> oh, yeah, definitely. Your turkeys is, you know, we, we do a good bit of turkey hunting together. Uh, last year, we pretty much split up. But, yeah, turkey hunting, it's it can be that social thing. You know, you can you can have your, your buddy up here with the gun. You can back up and call. Uh, and it's a big, you know, it's very enjoyable. I love doing it with 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 somebody else. You know, me and me and Larry, we, we doubled last year down here, not far from the house. And, man, that was fun, you know. Both of us were in there. We was back and forth. You know, had the two two turkeys up there to decoy, and we was back and forth, trying to. I was trying to tell him to, which one to shoot, and he couldn't hear me, and I, I wasn't listening to him. I was just like, pick one out, and I'll get what's left. Well, finally, you know, it all come together. And after it was over, you know, we was laughing and cutting up about it. You know, it was it was fun, and you know, I love turkey hunting for sure. That's no doubt about that. Uh, and and you said it earlier, Daniel. If- and I, I highly, you know, agree with you on this. If a turkey could smell, we would never, we would never see them. And, you know, I, I get weird because, you know, turkeys have really, really good eyesight. So I see some of these channels where they're hunting and they've got like four or five guys tromping through the woods filming a turkey hunt. And I'm, I'm weird with deer hunting. I don't want a lot of people going with deer hunting because of the, the scent stuff, you know. I have a real sensitive nose, so if I have a buddy with me that stinks, it's just like, come on now, you know. But with turkeys, it's like, hey, let's we can sit still, and it's also good an introduction for taking people hunting because sometimes people you can get away, I think, with more movement turkey hunting because you can move, you know, to move at certain times. So I think that's really good if you're you know introducing somebody to the outdoors as well. Yep. Which is yeah, something. As long as the turkey, as long as the turkey ain't there, you can move as much as you want to. Because if they if they can't see you, I mean, in, unless you're just making like a human noise of some kind, I don't think you spook them as bad as well, you think you do. Well, the main thing with turkeys too, especially if you can hear it decent, and I can't hear it real good, but I can hear one drumming and I hear one gobble. You know, if you get him worked up, I can hear one moving, and you know he's here, he's here. You know, <clears throat> you know to me and. Turkey's way easier to film, self film than a deer. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> because, you know, I, but I love it. I, I love setting up how I set up. I set up a little plan in front of me, just one of these little small ones where you got my hands are below it, where I can run mm-hmm. my camera and stuff, the remote. <clears throat> you know, one thing I have to say about a turkey, I, you know, I started when I had the show in 2003. I didn't know nothing about turkey hunting, <clears throat> but I got around some guys that were big turkey hunters and I got following them, I got filming them. And, and they could sound good on a call, but I got watching them. Man, if a turkey got going the other way, I never could see any of them that could turn them around and make them come back to you. Them good turkey hunters figured out which way the turkey was going, and they'd sort of halfway get in front of them. And I'm like, oh, I figured something out here. I can do it by watching. Y'all, that's a key I tell anybody. Let that turkey hit the ground and see which way he wants to go. And you get in front of him, he's way easier to kill. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, don't call too much. Just get... Try getting in front of him or getting above him if he's in the hills. And he's Man, a lot easier to call. He's wanting to go that way anyway. And it feels it feels so wrong almost in the moment when you do that, when you make that call to say, I'm not going to make a move until he gets down, until he's out of that tree. Like every time it happens to me, when I get out of the truck and I hear a turkey gobble, my butt's freaking going. And I'm trying to set up <laughs> where I think he's going to go. And I don't give myself the advantage of, like let him let him go down let him fly down and then get your advantage ambush right like do it's and it's a mixture right it's it's not like 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 Merriam's uh Joey I know you've hunted Merriam's before uh I'm sure you guys have as well um Merriam's you actually have to kind of chase them and get in front of them otherwise you're just not ever going to kill one but with an Easter, yeah, you can chase them all day long if you want yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's probably, harder. It's harder uh, to chase them than it is to get in front of them. You probably ain't <laughs> going to catch up to them. But with like an Eastern Osceola, um, Rio's most Rio's I've ever hunted, they could be running the opposite direction, and if you fart, they're going to come to it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but definitely Easterns and Osceolas, like you get so much more of an advantage by 
being able to just take it easy. Like, just take it easy. Don't put pressure on yourself. Don't make any crazy decisions unless you've got prior experience with that bird, right? Like, if you know, if you feel like you know where he's going to go, obviously, it's a good situation. Yeah, but you get in front of it then, though. You know sort of which way he wants to go. Huh? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I think uh, I think sometimes they can pin you down. Like, when you get when you try to sneak up on one in the dark, when he's still on the roost, and maybe you got a little too close, or maybe you just got into a position where he can see you if he was to even blink. And then <laughs> sometimes you have to just let him pitch down wherever that is and let him go away and yep. then make your move because you just can't do anything. Your your hand your hands are tied. <clears throat> well, like I said, we've been doing this to be the third year. This will be the fourth year of turkey season we filmed. Mm-hmm. We got figuring back. We kill most of our turkeys from nine o'clock to twelve o'clock. You kill yep. them on the morning. Oh, yeah. uh, so so be patient. You know, I know a lot of folks mm-hmm. don't get up before work. They don't have that time. And I used to be like that. I'd run out there and try going for just a little while. But if you got the key to it is have time and be patient. Uh, it's not all about being a super good caller. It's just letting him know where he at, getting his curiosity stirred up. Uh, and a turkey from a lot of times from eight o'clock to ten o'clock, he's got a totally different attitude. You know, mm-hmm. you just gotta catch him in the right way. <clears throat> so but like I said, start, uh, man, it's there's sometimes you start before daylight because it takes you that long to get your plan together. It's, it well, starts before daylight and you work your plan for like the next three or four hours. And then you can actually maybe make a move. <laughs> that's right. You, you want to be there at daylight to know because most time on the right days, you know, I, I love hunting after a front that first clear day after a front, every Turkey in the woods is going to gobble on the roofs. Uh, mm-hmm. So like I said, you get there for daylight and you know, you know where they're at. You know where the roost is at. Yeah. Like I said, you start dropping be, pins on them. That's right. It may be several hours where you can do anything with him, but you know, you know one's over there. So just be patient. Be patient. I remember I had an old timer that he turkey hunted when they first turned turkeys out in here around the early seventies. He was one of them old ones. He sat there with his old. He used, he used to roll his old cigarettes, <laughs> Mr. Max <laughs> But he could stay with them all day. He said, "Call if he gobbles it. He knows where you at. Just be patient." Wait your turn. Wait your turn, he always said. He said, wait your turn. He, he'll come find you. <laughs> yeah. Most folks don't have patience. They think when he shuts up, he's gone. And most of the time, he could be right over the holler strutting around with his. So he, he learn patience is the biggest thing. I'll Can he you. ever? I think I learned that lesson more times than I care to admit, which I guess means I haven't learned the lesson um, <laughs> of, well, I guess he's gone an hour and a half later, and I stand up and <sighs> – you know, there they go. I can't <laughs> tell you how many times that's happened. Mm-hmm. I'm real bad about that. I've yet to learn that. And I think we talked about it, Parker, Matt, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I guess we were talking on our Patreon polo thing, um, about how I was bad about that. And I think one thing I'm going to try to do this year is when I, when I think that he's gone or when he stops gobbling, I'm going to set a timer for at least an hour and just sit there. And that'll just be, try to have something to hold myself accountable to make myself sit there and make that timer be my patience meter, I guess. Dude. One thing I like to do is find you a call and you, and you got to find it that'll make them shop gobble. You know, that's one thing I do when I sit there that hour and he hadn't gobbled. But I got a slate I can put with. And most time. He can gobble. It's just, I don't know what it is. I think he gobbled before he knows he's done done it. He may not gobble again, but he, uh, I've had that call too many times. Daniel would get all his calls out yeah. and call and I'd get that old slate out and just cut on it real hard. I said, ow. And you're like, oh, he's still right there. Just yeah. be patient. Shut up then. Because then eventually, most time he'll start gobbling back. It may be 30 minutes, you know, oh, yeah. and if it's been an hour again, I'll do it again. And I may move on him a little bit. You know, if he was over here, I may move like I moved. You know, I may make him think, well, that hen's done moved on me like I'm a real hen. And and you can make him gobble at a different position. So, you man, if you could come up with that magic call that could make one shot gobble about every time, you can make a fortune. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I – so I think if, if I were to look back at all the turkeys I've killed in my life and write down the stories, almost every story at some point would have – I sat longer than I wanted to. Um, like, man, I mean, we're thinking, we, I just mentioned talking about the ones that I busted. Man, if I think about almost every turkey 
Like, the very, very rarely does it happen where it's like, oh, I heard him gobble, and he just comes, you know, running straight right. to me. Almost every time, it's there's some work involved, and I, I just set a little bit longer. Um, Daniel, whenever I watch you turkey hunt, it seems like you are a lot more inclined to be the one to make the move. Um, I feel like I've seen you be very aggressive in um, – like, well, I'm just going to get a little bit closer. Like, I, I remember watching the, a video last last year, I guess, uh, after that rain, um, and you were out there, and you ended up just, like, basically doing a spot and stalk on the turkey from across that field. Um, whereas, Jeremy, I feel like you're a little more reserved in your approach, right? Is that is that uh, pretty accurate? I am, because I look at it more for getting footage. And it's hard to move with that camera. You understand right. that. You sell that right. this, yeah. You know, it's, and I guess that's why I'm more patient on the front end of letting him see which way he wants to go. Because you, you want to make sure you're in that right spot, not just to kill him, but to get good footage. You know, a lot of folks that had never filmed before don't understand that. Yeah. Cause, and I used to be like that. I used to just let him sit over the hill and I'd shoot him. But you, you can't do that in film. You, you know, he, he pops his head up and he's like, he just barely it over. And yeah, you can shoot him, but the time you get the camera. Well, I guess they're gone again. I'm going to, I'm going to like do like a quick, I'm going to record this quick little part right here um, as a response to what I feel like he was saying right there. Yeah. I mean, so when you're talking about self-filming, um, it's definitely easier to do it with a, you know, a spot that you're sitting in, right? Like Matt, I don't know, Matt, have you ever self-filmed turkeys? I have. Yeah. Okay. So you you know this, like it's easier turkey hunting is so run and gun, like you're just trying to move into a spot, set up, and you really want that spot to work out. Most of the time it doesn't. But I guess what I would say is like, man, as far as what I enjoy watching on YouTube or any hunting show, I like both. I like the hunts yeah. where the turkey comes in gobbling like crazy and everything's right. But I also like watching guys like Daniel go out there and get some mud on his boots and you know, make it happen. I love that. That's a blast to me. I love doing it and I like watching it. Uh, I like hearing stories about it. There's, there's not very, there, there, there are definitely ways to hunt a turkey that I, um, maybe don't want to do or don't agree with, eh, agree with is a strong word, uh, but don't want to hunt them a certain way. But my goodness, I don't mind I don't mind having to work a little bit for them, like yeah. uh, take matters in my own hands. I know you guys dropped out of the call uh, for for Signal, but what I was saying was I enjoy watching both of you guys, uh, both of your different styles. I like watching Daniel really get after, like, you know, make the moves and go in. And I also enjoy learning from Jeremy, watching you be patient, and those, you know, midday, well, I just decided to sit here. And he came through. I like watching both of them. Yeah. Well, when you get older, a lot of times getting up early, it's easy to take a, a nap about that nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. You just, just sort of sitting there, with, you know, you're hunting with your ears. I remember two years ago, I was sitting there and I had a turkey across the creek and he wouldn't ever cross it. And I, and I knew it was thick on the other side. I couldn't ever get no footage there. So I just sat there and waited on it. I woke up and that sucker was drumming about 20 yards from me. And I'm like, uh oh, I know what that is. <laughs> and it's luckily yeah. he fell from me. <laughs> That I eased up, got the camera on, I got good footage. I'm like, that's something that slipped right up on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how many times have you fallen, you know, how many times have we fallen asleep turkey hunting and, you know, a bird comes up on us and, you know, spooks. My dad tells the story. He fell asleep one time and he woke up and heard one behind him turn around. They were, you know, face to face looking at that turkey. You could see the fear, fear in his eye. And I mean, you know, dust hits him in the face, flying off, but just the crazy stuff they do. Have y'all ever seen, uh, or have y'all ever had it happen where you fall asleep, you kind of doze off and you hear, and you kind of wake up and you can kind of catch the tail end of the gobble and you're like, wait a minute, was I dreaming? Was I dreaming that I heard a gobble or was that a real gobble? Yeah. Yeah. Was I trying to make myself hear one so much that I actually thought I heard one or was I turkey? It's the woodpecker, the distant dog, you know, in the background. 
Those yeah. phantom gobbles, they are real. Oh, yeah. Golly, man. Well, you guys. Especially when somebody's got a tame turkey that's hanging around in their backyard. <laughs> that'll really freak you. That's, yeah, that's happened. We just kill them. One thing about turkey hunting for Babe, his age, like I said, he's, there's one thing his dad done to protect his ears. He all, he all, you watch him turkey hunt, he puts muffs on. We can be standing there and he like, you hear that turkey? I'm like, uh, where are you at? He's like, there's one over here, there's one over here. And I'm like, I ain't heard nothing. <laughs> so, the older you get, you get at a disadvantage on being able to hear one at a distance. Now, after he gets closer, I can hear him and I can hear that drumming. But standing there and he's like, there's one over here. Yeah. <laughs> like the Alabama, the one you healed out from under me, sort of. <laughs> a couple of years. Was that? It's two years ago. Yeah, now, two years ago. We, we'd been hunting all morning that morning, heard one turkey way off and went to it, never could, you know never heard it anymore don't know what the deal was we had been you know just prospecting the rest of the morning we was st- standing there and i heard that turkey gobble i was like yep that was a turkey and i said it was like 10 or 11 o'clock i was like he gobbled this time of day we can kill him and it ended up being what three or four o'clock before we finally killed yeah. him we had to sit on him the rest of the day but yeah and one thing about turkeys and this is where a lot of people might hate me for this when I say this. This is difference in turkeys and deer. Ooh, think about it. Think a about turkey, it has, turkey has got to move in the daylight. A deer doesn't. <laughs> so right. you've got way yeah. bigger advantage over a turkey and a deer yeah. Uh, yeah. as far as hunting. But that, <laughs> that's the reason that deer has really got more over me than the turkeys. But like I say, turkeys has still got a special place in my heart. I'm going to do it every year. But, but yeah, if you... You'll go if you see back. a turkey, if, if you my bad, if you see a turkey track, it's in the daylight. You know, deer yeah. track. Yeah. You know. <laughs> they're nocturnal the around here. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but a difference of a two-year-old turkey and a two-year-old deer. When you see them coming, most of the time you can tell the difference of a two-year-old deer right off the bat. Yeah, a two-year-old turkey can come in there gobbling. I get just as much excited shooting him as a four-year-old because you don't know. You, you don't, don't, you don't know until you get a pair. You know, and, you know, in base of my house right here, I got heads everywhere. I don't have a turkey hanging nowhere in here. It just, I love shooting them, but I don't like to display them because <laughs> they're, they don't, they're no different. You know, I guess like duck hunting. They're similar. Yeah. You know, what's the difference in this duck and duck? Oh you man. Know? I'm see, I'm the opposite there. Like I want to display every single one that I shoot. That's my problem. I mean, y'all see that it <laughs> looks like that. I've got a pile of them cause I don't ever want to dang throw them away cause they're so stinking pretty. Uh, they are, they are. That's what they don't give me the other day. We got beads across it. This room here. He like turn them turkey fans when they hang it down. I'm like, yeah. well, I might do that, especially try killing <laughs> several different, like the Miriam the color and everything. Yeah. So I'm like, I might. But I just yeah, I'm uh, I'm 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 totally guilty of not keeping a fan anymore. Like especially from an eastern. Uh, I've got an eastern sitting sitting on the or hanging on my wall. I've got a Miriam. I got a Rio. Uh, just for, you know, Jeremy, what you just said, you know, they're different. They're yep. different looking. But I just don't, unless there's something, some kind of characteristic about a fan from an Eastern that really stands out, I'm honestly probably not going to keep it. And the beards, I don't a beard is a beard is a beard. <laughs> it is. Unless, like, it's got a zebra stripe in it. <laughs> zebra. I keep, yeah, I just don't keep them things no more. And the spurs, I will keep the spurs, uh, and I'll just... I got a little baggie of borax. It's a little sandwich baggie full of borax. And I just keep it, I keep it in the drawer of my fridge and there's always turkey spurs in it. When I kill a turkey, I'll cut the spurs off, throw them in that bag. And I'll probably do something with them the next year when I go to throw another set of spurs in there. But you don't have like uh, a necklace or anything, Joey, that you might. You don't have that flex, that spur flex necklace for NWTF. Every night no. before the opener, he takes his shirt off and puts the turkey necklace on and holds his gun up in there. Yeah. Don't act like you know me. <laughs> um, hey, no, I do have a. Uh, it actually used to hang from the rearview mirror of my truck, and uh, it was like a it was like a fake eagle claw or something, and it had a leather string. And I just started putting turkey spurs on it. And uh, I've got that thing filled up, and I don't really know what I'm going to start doing with them. I guess I'll just give me a big piece of leather strap or string or whatever and i'll just start keeping those because i do like seeing those big old long spurs like oh, i can well. tell i can i can tell the difference in those turkeys that's oh, yeah. that defining characteristic like I, I remember that turkey 
Oh, there's no doubt that poodles are harder to kill. Oh, you know, they're smarter. They've been shot at. They've been called to. They've been spooked, busted, and everything else. But I have killed some ones that had almost close to inch and a half, and I didn't have a clue that he was that big when I shot him. Yeah. You know, you'd be like, yeah, he was sort of hard to call in. Get over, you're like, man, this this one got some hooks on him. (laughs) Those, uh, those Goulds turkeys we hunted down in Mexico, I know mine, it had a black spot where a spur was supposed to be. And a couple of them had like little Jake nubs. They were full fanned, you know, okay, two-year-old plus gobblers, but they didn't hardly have no spurs. And I killed one in Wyoming, a Miriam's in Wyoming, that had one spur and it was like half an inch long. He was a Tom too. Yeah. So it's just that I didn't save them, yeah of course, but it was still cool. You know, there's something interesting that you wouldn't find around here usually. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, you talked a little bit a while ago about, uh, you started, I guess, in around 2004 or so. Uh, what was your, what was your progression as a turkey hunter? What made you get into it? Um, I think you even mentioned that there wasn't a whole lot of turkeys around, uh, back they were there would they wouldn't they turned some out in the 70s here so like i said i went to state in 86 uh, and the boys from south mississippi they have always had turkeys and so i was sort of about like you guys talking about when he's at college all, all they was talking about turkey hunt and i was a deer hunter and so i got in with them and got going turkey hunt with them uh, and it sort of got me into it but after i got back home and working Man, I spent all my time deer hunting and I worked my tail off the rest of the year till I got doing that show. Then I got going with guys that got me back into turkey hunt. You know, like I said, I, it was a lot with time. I prioritized my time with deer hunts. You know, that's what I told Dave. When you're today, you're going to bust your tail, make a living now for sure. You get to that next November. So, he, yeah. so you may not do as many out of state turkey hunts, but now since I got plenty of time, man, yeah, I'm planning five or six states to go take. You know, I want to go. I'm ready for it. Oh. There's no doubt turkey numbers are down. Oh, uh, yeah. From what we've hunted several years ago, uh, you know, what caused that, I don't know. Uh, hunting pressure. Now, you know, I've been doing this, this, this fall, it'll be 40 years, first time I went to Colorado. I'm very seldom run into anybody out. I get off, back off the beaten path. You know, like I said, I probably hunt 50, 60 days a year. I might run into two, three, four, five guys a year. Out, out in the woods now at the parking areas the boat ramp stuff like that i run into them so I, I guess that's sort of my theme is man we got to pass this down to the younger generation because i want them to have the same opportunity my, i want my grandkids and y'all's grandkids to have the same opportunity i've had oh because you know this federal land that government's got a lot of control over it oh mm-hmm. uh, you know i can see where hunting has changed so much in my lifetime you know i, I hate to see how much it's going to change in y'all's kids lifetime my grandkids lifetime so you know, that's why I look at, we got to get as many people involved in it. They're not going to be with so many diehard hunters. They're not going to be with so right. many that's going to go into what we're doing. So you ain't got to worry about a lot of them. Oh, yeah, they're going to mess you up every once in a while. But be be thankful they're out there. You know, that's, that's my, a lot of my opinion. I like, my philosophy I like to get across in the show is yeah, make it fun for everybody. Be courteous to everybody. Yeah. That was one of the things that we, we talked about it in our, in our other podcast. Uh, the the deer episode that we recorded a little bit ago. Um, one of the things I really like about you guys, and and I know Jeremy, you, you talked about the, Daniel being uh, not quite as uh, willing to share the mess ups and uh, maybe a little bit more competitive in nature right now. But the way that it comes across on camera is not that way. He he definitely Daniel, you feel you seem like you're. Uh, pretty even tempered. Uh, even when crap stuff happens, you adjust, you make things happen. And so it doesn't come across on camera, but that's one of the things I really like and admire about y'all. And pretty much anybody I've hunted with that has that same quality, uh, I think it comes in handy on public land hunting, um, especially for me with turkey hunting. Um, turkey hunting, turkey season is such a short season, so the grind is that much harder because you have limited time. That when something happens, if if I have big plans one day and they fall through or some I roost a bird and somebody else comes in and gets underneath me or whatever, you know, it rides all over me. Um, and you guys, y'all just, y'all, you, you don't, it doesn't seem like it bothers you that much. 
What's the secret, Jeremy? I think it goes back to the competition. It does. Because I've always looked at deer hunting. You know, a lot of guys say, well, it's not a game. Yeah, it is pretty much like a game. If you're competing against, when you're hunting public land and, and you kill this deer right here, I look at every one of y'all out there watching this show had the same opportunity as this deer's idea. Oh, it's not like that guy that hunt that you could have paid the same amount of money and got in that same spot. This year, everybody's got the same opportunity. And I look at, you know, like I said, the competition, that's why it don't bother me. It's just like you talking about, you had that bird roosted, somebody come in on you. I'm going to back off and see where he goes. I'm going to go 160, get on the other side and let him mess up. Where's that bird usually going to go? Other way. He's going to go the other way. Other way. So I'm outsmarting that hunter and I'm outsmarting that bird at the same time. I yeah. love that. That That's what really drives me that I don't get mad at him. So you're saying you are competitive. Oh, I am competitive. <laughs> you're competitive. <laughs> you got to get that out there. But Deep I, down I, inside, there's a there's an inner man inside Jeremy that's oh yeah, uh, I, I, yelling, think, uh, screaming while he's acting all cool on camera. Think, uh, yeah, I'm very competitive. I love playing baseball when I come along. And I did three girls. They played softball. They had, One of them really played competitive softball, played college ball. So I love that. I love getting on that field with them girls and training them and putting them out there. <laughs> like I said, it's just like on the deer hunt. I've killed so many deer in the middle of the day when folks are coming out. Yeah, that they bump them up. You bump might them up, stirring them up. That's right. So, that, so it don't bother me. It just and I got some buddies that can't stand it. It yeah. just sort of like you're talking about, Parker. That it, Todd. I got one. I'm gonna say his name, Todd. Then, ladies and gentlemen, Todd. Todd. So when it comes, it comes on him, they're like, "Boy, it's public land. They got just as much rice you do." They're like, "Dad, come and I was there first. And I'm like, "That don't matter. That don't matter. Don't matter." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's it going to do to get upset about it? I mean, you might as well. That's right. That's right. There's another turkey somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You got to find him. <laughs> you got to find it. And that's like, like Jeremy always says about hunting at home. A lot of people around here, they get mad. They're like, you know, we, we're crappie fish. Crappie fishing's big around here. But, you know, the same same point is, you know, turkey season in Mississippi, it's it's March 15th. We, we have a lot of people from Arkansas, Louisiana, you know, Tennessee, places like that that it's not open you know there yet they'll be down here hunting everybody around here is complaining like man everybody's here they're hunting they're messing me up and like he always says he said you're gonna let somebody from another state come over here where you live and kill something that you you should know because you've lived here all your life and you know how to know how they act and how they do you're gonna let somebody come over here and beat you killing turkey in your home place don't complain about it just outsmart the other hunter and outsmart the turkey at the same time, you know? So, and and you look at anybody that plays any kind of a game and they're good at it. They're like he is, they're patient, you know? They don't, they're competitive, but they don't get upset about it. They're, they got their calm, they're cool, they're collective. Uh, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people watch Levi Morgan shoot uh, archery competitions. And, and I know a guy that shoots in a competition, shoots in the competitions and knows Levi uh, pretty well. He said, he said, Levi's competitive, but he said, you would never know he's nervous whenever he's up there shooting. But whenever you talk to him, he said that he, you know, he's as nervous and as scared, you know, in a competition as anybody else, but he's calm when he's up there. And that's how, that's how you get good at something. You got to be calm. You got to be competitive. And that's that's what makes you good at something if if you want to be good at it. It's uh it, it goes back to the old phrase, act like you've been there before, right? Yep. Um and I think sure. about it all the time. Um I had a I've had a couple situations, um, especially a little more here recently because deer season's ending up here in Alabama right now. Uh I've traveled a little bit here in the last month or so to go hunt some other parts of the state. And, uh, and so when you do that, you're in hunting unfamiliar areas. This happens a lot on out of state trips where you don't really know where people are hunting at. Uh, you don't know what the pressure is going to be like. You don't, you know, so you run into more people. Um, and so I've had a couple of them where I like, it really just, it gets on me and I have to tell myself mentally, like, act like you've been there, act like you've been here before. You ain't, you ain't going to do any good you're not going to kill more deer by griping about it you're not going to kill more turkeys by by griping about it and you're sure not going to make a better youtube video <laughs> if you're griping and whining like a little baby girl like act like you've been there before act like you know what you're supposed to be doing right and uh i think that little bit of confidence and, and that ability to 
stay collected in those moments is really truly what separates uh, killers in any game, right? It, it separates the successful from the okay or the average. Well, just what you just said right there, here's the way I look at that. Especially turkey hunting on the weekend, I ride the roads where everybody's at. Because you know they, they're pretty much on a turkey if they're still there in the middle of the morning. Oh, yeah. Middle of the week when I can go hunting. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna ride them spots. That's where I'm gonna be in the morning listening. Yeah. Uh, you know. So I I play other hunters all the time, and I love it uh, because they look at man, you got all kind of time to, to hunt. I'm like, that ain't, that ain't my fault you don't. You know. <laughs> you set it up. up. <laughs> That's right. You know, don't try keeping up with Jones. Just buying everything you think you got to have when you're younger, because you get in debt, and and you can't do this. You know, I hate seeing a dang young man that's got new boat, new vehicles. Big new house and everything. I'm proud for him. He got time to enjoy because he's got to work. He's got to work pay for it. You know, don't don't get in that rut. And society is, man, the commercials and everything is driving us that way. Man, no, you don't what you want. Material things don't mean nothing to me. I'd rather those saying, I'd rather be broke and have a million dollars worth of memories. That's me, y'all. Yeah. You know, I've been very fortunate to figure out how to make money uh, and, and and invest it and save. But Man, life's too short. Get out and enjoy it. You know, and y'all younger, y'all right in your prime of your life. That's what I always say. In your twenties and thirties, look at a professional ball player. You sort of see your prime. Yeah. You know, most of them, very few of them can go past their forties and their prime. That's when you work and you bust your tail, y'all. You know, work and make you money then, and then then enjoy life. Enjoy life some in that, but just really prioritize and try making your money make you a living when you hit that 45, 50, 60. You know. That won't, you know, that's not going to hit a lot of people, but I've had several folks come back like, man, I, I didn't have a dad to tell me that. I, I, I'm, I needed somebody to sort of be a mentor, and I'm glad to hear that because I want to do that. I don't yep. work my whole life. Yep. So, so I really try to like hitting on that side. I can go with turkey hunting, deer hunting, anything. It's figure out what you want to you love to do, make you live in there, and enjoy life. That's right, man. Well, Jeremy Aaron, Daniel Lemon, from do-it-yourself hunter you guys are awesome man i've enjoyed i want to respect your time because we've recorded two podcasts tonight so uh i'm sure you guys are probably tired of hearing our voices uh guys thanks again for coming on man uh and uh check out do-it-yourself hunter on uh facebook instagram youtube they've got some really good stuff really good stuff out there thanks again for coming on guys yep Hey, thanks for listening to the Limhanger Turkey Hunting Podcast. Hope you tune in next week for another great conversation about our favorite bird in the woods as the wild turkey. We'll talk to you guys next week.